Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Jake Kerr. I'd like to welcome you to the Black Ink Podcast. I'm your host today for this 63rd episode of the podcast, which feels absolutely fucking fantastic. And before I get into it, I just have one quick shout out. James, my man, thank you for listening to this podcast. Thank you for listening to all of my podcasts. And do me a favor, listen to your old man. He's a good man. He taught me a lot of shit that I know about truck driving and a lot of shit about just being a fucking good bloke. He's got a lot to teach you. So when he says something, fucking listen up. All right? Now to the podcast, I have a question to begin today's episode. I want to ask you, and I want you to think about this question. Don't don't give me your answer right now, okay? I can't hear you anyway because this is a podcast. It's not how the technology works. But I want you to consider, I want you to really think about what is a friend? What is a friend to you, okay? What does it take to be a friend? What does it mean to be a friend, right? The answer for me is, and this is something that I've thought about. This is something that I've procrastinated over. This is something that I've let be on the back burner for years at a time. This is something that I've come to a conclusion to after spending enough time and enough experiences like cycling through friendships, which we all do. We all do that organically, and that's fine. This is the thing. A lot of times we think it's a sad day when we let a friend go or if we stop talking to someone or we have to make the elective decision to stop talking to them for whatever reason. But it's not bad. It's not sad. It's not a negative thing. It might be a negative thing for that day emotionally, but logically, it's fine. You're meant to progress. You're meant to move forward. It doesn't necessarily mean that they're a bad person, but sometimes the fit isn't good anymore. Okay? So my definition of what it, what it is to be a friend, okay? Let's take, some, let's take some elements of the whole situation before we get started. To be a friend, you're not a family member. You're not someone that I have to spend time with. You're not someone who is kind of forced into my life by situations like maybe a, maybe a job or maybe a neighbor, you know, it's like, okay, I moved in next door to this place. I didn't really get to choose who lives next door to me. I got to choose a house, but I didn't get to choose who lives next door to me. Same as a job. You go work somewhere. You don't get to choose where you go in that job or what exactly you do or who you, what team you're on or what work makes you have. So to me, a friend is someone that I have elected to spend my spare time with. It's someone who has the same ideas that I do. It's someone who appreciates the same things that I appreciate. Maybe it's fashion, maybe it's music, maybe it's fucking riding push bikes on the weekend, or maybe it's doing wheelies on fucking Harleys, whatever it might be. It's someone who has enough similar shit going on in their head that I want to hang out with them. And the crazy thing about friendship is it takes two to tango. The thing about friendship is someone has to feel the same way about you as you do about them right? And you're not related. You don't have to spend time with them. You don't, you don't realistically, there's a point in your life before your friends that you don't know them, but then you meet each other. You have whatever conversation you need to realize that, Hey, you're a motherfucker that I want to spend time with. Right? So that's how I look at friendship. I look at friendship as like, this is a completely elective state, right? For us to be friends, there isn't anyone holding a gun to either of our heads saying like, you're going to be fucking friends with them. You understand? It's someone who just all of a sudden appears and it feels right. And the cool thing is, I mean, fuck, the fucking wicked part about it is, is hopefully, uh, this isn't what I want to talk about, but I'm going to fucking branch off on this for a second. The real interesting thing about like Riz and I is that we're fucking good friends. We're hell good friends. We like doing a lot of the same shit together. We have a lot of the same ideas about how life works. 
We have a lot of fucking similarities as far as like parenthood goes, as far as hobbies go, as far as living a life and being healthy goes. We, we, we gel on so many things before we were romantically involved. We had an appreciation for each other as humans because that's a thing like genitalia is so fucking powerful. Most of the time we don't even have to like someone if we're having sex with them. We just start doing it. You know what I mean? But the cool thing about Riz is, and this is something that, you know, not to say anything bad about any of my past relationships, but I've never been friends with the people that I've been in rom- romantic friend, uh, romantic relationships with. I've always been attracted to them and I've always had some sort of feeling of connection to them, but I've never had the same feeling that I've had with, say, you know, my guy friends, for example, where I'm like, you know, I could fucking, I could live with this person. You know what I mean? I could just smoke weed with this dude all the time and just fucking hang out and talk shit and do silly things and go on crazy adventures and all the rest. I've never had that feeling joined up with the feeling of like romanticism. Right. And that's a cool thing about with Riz. And I'm only saying this because it seems to be when I compare this to my peers and I'm not saying anyone in particular, I've got, I know a lot of people, right? So don't think that I'm talking about you if you're my friend or my peer. But the thing that I notice in community in general is that people don't fucking like each other as a basis. And yet somehow they're in a relationship and have a half a million dollar loan and they've got two kids. Like what, what, but what do you do at the end of the day? You know what I mean? When all the sex is done. What do you do to hang out? What do you do to converse about? Do you converse? Do you talk? Do you have idea sex? You know what I mean? But let's not talk about that. The reason that like, it's funny because this whole topic of friendship is something that I feel like I'm always revisiting. It's something that I think about, if not every day, every other day. And it's because it's one of the like kind of crispiest parts of life that if you really focus on, there's something there that doesn't even like require money. It doesn't require fucking... um, It doesn't require effort. It's just something that happens so organically and naturally. And when it's happening, it feels fucking brilliant, right? Friendship is one of the most beautiful free things that exists in the world. And yet somehow we've forgotten how to do it organically. We're too busy connecting with people online. We're too busy trying to create these digital assets to prove to people that we're a particular type of person so that we can make online friends, not even real friends. And you know that because you know there's someone that likes every single one of your photos, but if you ran into them in real life, you wouldn't know what the fuck to talk about except for Instagram, okay? That's funny. I was doing my heel sprints this morning, like doing fucking running ones, which if you watch a podcast, two podcasts ago, you know that that can be a disaster for the rest of my day. But regardless, I I threw into the mix the hill where Bunbury High is. And Bunbury High, I've got an interesting... I've got an interesting backstory with Bunbury High in general and like anything in life, everything ties into everything. So I'll tell you a bit about it. So my high school career in Bunbury, high school career, I don't know if that's particularly the right way to put it, but my like high school experience was kind of unique. So I moved to Bunbury when I was 10 years old and went to uh, St. Joseph's for the last year of primary school, and which was year seven. And they groom you to go to BCC, which is Bunbury Catholic College for year eight, going into high school, obviously being private to private school. There's a few other private schools here in Bunbury, but they're, they're like, actually, I don't even know if they're the, nah, nah, okay, so they're probably not the biggest, but stick with the point. So I went to Bunbury Catholic College for two and a half years before, I'm not exactly sure, to be very honest with you, I don't, I don't know where the exact reason I had to leave was. I think it was recommended that I leave. I think at the same time I wanted to leave as well. And looking back on it with retrospect, it was probably a, a generous waste of my parents' money, me being there 
for those two and a half years. And I'm only saying that now as an adult because I, I now understand who I am as a person a little bit better. I understand how I learn things and I understand the schooling system uh, as a whole. And now I can kind of like, uh, you know, like respectively put things into play and go like, well, you know what? The square block didn't fit the round hole. So I don't know why you're paying thousands of dollars a year to try and push it into a round hole. And no one's to blame. No one. I mean, this is the thing. Retrospectively, hindsight being 2020, we get to make calls like this. And in the moment, you don't know. But more to the point, I was there for two and a half years. I ended up going to Newton Moore, which is, uh, you know, obviously it was my first kind of public school experience. It was halfway through year 10, which is pretty much the fucking scariest time alive when you're a boy and you're fucking late to puberty. All good. Newton Moore as well is no, no joke. Okay, it's not a bad school, but it's definitely a school that kind of generates a culture within the children that there's a lot of fucking natural selection going on. You know, I think I got punched in the jaw within like uh, like a couple of weeks of being there. You know, this dude was walking into class and his shoe fell off his foot. And I've like, and there was a skip bin next to us. It was right next to maths class. Anyway, his fucking shoe fell off and I've like grabbed his shoe and thrown it in the bin. And he turned around and he's like, get it out of the bin. And I was like, nah, fuck that. And no shit, dude. I had not even finished saying fuck that. And he had already hit me like just out of fucking nowhere. And you know, he was like me to you away sort of thing. And he had already hit me before I started saying that. And I was just like, I started crying, you know, cause like never been, I've never had real life hit me in the face like that. You know what I mean? And I end up crawling in the bin. I get his shoe out. And as it turns out, I think that was like may, may, I think that was actually in the middle of a class and we were about to go to recess because for whatever reason, I think we had a bit of a fucking, you know, a bit of time left in the class. And I've gone straight to my mate who, as it turns out, his name was Jake as well. He, um, it was funny because I went to him and he was a big motherfucker. Like he was huge. Like I didn't really get tall and skinny and fucking, and and like this whole filling out sort of thing has only happened in the past, like fucking six months. I swear to God, I've been like reasonably sized for, for obviously like, I mean, at that point, how old was I? I would have been, you know, I would have been at fucking mid teenager, I guess. So like I was nothing back then. Jake was a fucking big dude. And I went to Jake. I'm like, Hey Jake, like fucking such and such just punched me in the jaw. Didn't even get through the sentence. He was already standing up telling all the boys come with him. Come on, we're going to go fucking suss this out. And man, I'm not going to tell the rest of the story, but he got fucking sussed out. You know what I mean? And this was all within 10 minutes of being at Newton Moore. So that's the kind of experience I had at Newton Moore, completely unrelated to the rest of the, to the story. But we're fucking here now. We're doing it. We're cracking. We're firing on all cylinders, as Chris D'Elia says. So I ended up going to Bunbury High for year 11. I didn't end up finishing year 11, or I didn't end up like academically finishing year 11, because as it turns out, I had a bit of a calling in speed skating. And I think before the year was even finished, or it may have been as the year was finishing, I was planning my move to, it wasn't even a move at that stage. I was actually planning just to go and do a couple of races over in Germany. And then that turned into staying in Europe for a year and like becoming like semi-professional sort of thing at speed skating. So I ended up going to Bunbury High and Bunbury High was like for the first time, because to, to be honest with you, if I break down my, my high school or even my schooling experience as a whole, because I moved so many times, I always felt like I didn't know what the fuck was happening. And like, even at BCC for, you know, between year eight and year 10, 10 and a half, I never knew what was going on. And like, 
this is the thing, like they taught, I remember them talking back in the day, like you can go, you can do a TAFE program or you can go to university or, you know, you can, you can do this or you can do that. I mean, or if you do nothing at all, you can end up working in a cafe or you can, you know, you can always work at fucking big W or this sort of thing. And like the thing that I remember thinking is that none of this shit is for me. None of it is for me. Right. And the, the part that really fucking upsets me now is like, I see kids who have that same, they're living in the same cloud in their head that I lived in when I was that age. And you just want to shake them and say, the entire fucking world is for you. Everything that all the adults do, they're doing it for you. When you hear about climate change and you hear about electric cars and you hear about industry and you hear about government and politics and leaders and you hear about the roads, you hear about fucking technology increasing, you hear about everything, everything when you boil it down is about making a future for you. Everything at school is a tool for you to use. Every single fucking room in the school that you go to, each one of them is for you. You're allowed to use them. You're allowed to ask any question to any teacher. You're allowed to question anything that's going on. It's all for you. But I didn't understand that. I didn't understand that at all. I thought that the, the fucking, there were particular sections in the library that were specially saved for particular, particular students and particular uh, teachers. Like, I honestly believe that. That was like, I believe that there was particular rooms in the school that I wasn't even allowed to look at for whatever reason. That was just a case. But the thing that happened when I got to Bunbury High was I went from being wrapped in bubble wrap and told that God was going to protect me. And then all of a sudden I went to Newton Moore and I got a really, really unsettling awakening of the fact that God might be protecting you unless you're in the walls of Newton Moore. In that case, it's free game. It's up to you. You got to defend yourself. You know what? You can pray when you get home, but when you're here, it's up to you. Then comes year 11. And all of a sudden, I'm starting to get less pimples on my face. I got a little bit of confidence about myself. I started doing well in speed skating as well. So obviously that plays a bit of the game. And also you're just growing up. In year 11, you're now considered like the entry level to the leaders of the school. And the cool part about Bunbury High was it was still a public school, but it's like there wasn't the fucking fear of being bashed all the time. (laughs) Like, Like I wouldn't get teased for being a speed skater there. You know, I didn't have to fucking have a crony behind me. So just in case something happened, you know, you could be like, hey, man, he went to beat me up. Should we do something about it? There was none of that at all, you know. So the cool thing about Bunbury High was I was kind of for the first time realizing that you're allowed to have friends and you're allowed to, you're allowed to, and not even like you're allowed to have friends, but you're allowed to choose who you speak to. You know, and like, that's part of the thing when you move around a lot. Sometimes it gets to a point where you're like, I don't have any choice in this. I just talk to whoever the fuck looks at me first. And then as it turns out, this was my experience. More often than not, that person becomes your best friend. And then more often than not, that person becomes your enemy. Now, obviously that might say a little bit more about me than what it does the situations that I was in. We're not here to break that down. That's obviously a whole fucking thing that I just realized right now here in front of you. So let me think about that and get back to you in six months time. But The cool part about Bunbury High was I really like looked around and thought, I don't want to be friends with you. I don't want to be friends with you. I don't want to be friends with you. And then when I found the people that I did want to be friends with, it was fucking effortless, right? It was effortless. It was beautiful. There was like, you know, I remember 
you know, there's a, I, I, it's funny because one of the people that I chose to be fucking really good friends with, I'm still really good friends with to this day. Like hung out with him yesterday, hung out with him fucking Friday. We do shit all the time together. And it was really cool at that time. You know, we used to sit, uh, we used to sit near our lockers and there was always like a group of girls that sat just down there. And there was some like little flings backwards and forwards. I don't think I ever had a fling cause I was always too fucking, oh yeah. I nah, fucking dude, this is a thing. Like I was scared of girls until I was like 23. Like, honestly, just fucking purely scared of them. Had no fucking idea what they're thinking, what they're doing. No idea what to say. You know, because it seems to be like the fashionable thing for girls is to always act like they're offended by something. Like, you'd say something like, oh, hey, like, I held like strawberry yogos as well. And they'd be like, are you fucking calling me fat? I'm never eating strawberry yoga again. You know, just shit like that. Always, always, you know. And then when I got into my fucking early 20s, I just realized just... Don't worry about it. It's not that chicks are assholes. Just everyone's fucking assholes and deal them appropriately. Deal with them appropriately. But anyway, so when I when I like started to put weight on the idea that I had friendships and obviously it was that time where like I went away for a year and came back and then when I came back, I had my license and I had a motorbike and I had this and that and I went straight back to these friends and we spent all this time doing things together and then after a certain amount of time, you know, one drops off, the other drops off. You know the story until it eventually gets to a point where you're kind of looking around and you go like, hmm, who are my friends? And what de- what determines them being a friend? I mean, did us being in school together for a year make us friends? Or was it the recess times where we actually had jokes and we did things and we had similar interests and we play hacky sack together, whatever, was that what made us friends? And then moving forward, the ones who dropped off first, why do they drop off first? Why did that happen, right? And then I look at it now, Now, with over 10 years experience, and I think to myself, none of them were friends. None of them, except the one who fucking, he is still around. Because lining up with my set of rules, we have the same interests. We think about community the same way. We think about friendship the same way. We look at the the future and see the same thing. We look at the past and we see the same thing. And when I consider that really easy example of like, what it is to be a friend, there's a few things that like, there's a few things that I immediately want to do. When I was doing my hill runs this morning, I was walking down this hill, right? And I'll give you a little bit of the, the like backstory or the inside to how I process things. I'm walking down this hill, right? And if you're unaware, Bunbury High is on top of a massive hill that overlooks the ocean. It's a beautiful school, right? There's a hill to get all the way up there and there's like a footpath. Now I started running there because I did the hill, the, I did the church hill three times. I did the stairs to the fucking lookout tower three times and I wanted to jog up to Bunbury High three times. And as it turns out, it's a fucking Monday and it's eight o'clock in the morning, which means there's kids going to school. So I fucked myself, right? So instead of running up to the school, I just ran the first hill and then I'd like recover the way down, run up there, recover. And on the third time of doing it, it obviously just got to that point where there was just like groups of students walking up from, you know, buying shit at Centerpoint or whatever or getting coffees before school. Like, the fucking kids drink coffee and are on their mobile phones on the way to school now. Like, dude, what the fuck? Like, we had mobile phones, but we were literally still too busy talking to each other to like have the fucking mobile phones out and doing anything with them. It was fucking, dude, whatever. So... I was walking down this hill for the last time and I was all excited because I've got my fucking nine hill runs done for the day. I'm not feeling like a bitch. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling good, you know? Dude, this group of school kids are walking towards me and obviously they're anywhere between the years of like eight and 12. I have no fucking idea how old these kids are these days. They all look like they're 21. It's ridiculous. So 
I'm walking down this hill and like, you know, when you work out and you've got the short shorts on and the oversized tee and the runners and your hair's up in a top knot sort of thing. I sound like a girl saying that. All good. I'm walking down the hill and they're walking up the hill and there's a group of like, uh, there's like seven of them. And I think it's like six boys and one girl. And when I first saw them, I thought it was just a group of group of boys. The one girl doesn't really matter. But I, when I first saw them, I was probably about probably about 25 meters away from them down the hill. They work no, probably about 50 meters. They're 50 meters away from me. And as they're walking towards me, I was like, oh fuck, I got to cross the road because these, you know what I mean? Because it, you know, because there's a group of kids. I don't. Because the problem is, when I'm walking down that hill. I see the same kid who went to Newton Moore, who's scared of being punched in the jaw, who doesn't want any conf- confrontation, who who still believes that God protects them, right? And then I remembered like, oh no, dude, you're a 29-year-old heavily tattooed dude who literally this is probably the best you're going to look all day after doing all of your exercise and you're marching down the hill like you're going to kill someone. Dude, they're looking at you like you're a fucking crocodile right now. They're not looking at you as if you're like some sort of little fucking ant walking along that might be in the way they're going to step on. If anything is the case, they're thinking that you're looking at them like that. right? And it made me consider in that moment while I was walking towards them, while I had this whole insecure moment, I thought about it. What's my experience versus their experience? Because I've walked up that hill with my group of friends on my way to school before. I know what that feeling is. And I probably intercepted someone that looked as confrontational or scary or whatever the word is as me, right? And I thought to myself, in that situation, I've got my friends. If I was them, that's what I'm thinking. Well, there's more of us than there is of him. Whatever happens, dude, it's eight o'clock on a Monday morning. Nothing's going to happen. But if something does happen, there's more of us than there is of him. Then I thought about that even deeper. I thought, well, those guys think that they're friends. And now all of a sudden my brain's going, well, they think they're friends. Do you know what the reality is? Nothing to do with me and them. It's more got to do with like, if I could give them any bit of advice in that moment. That's what all this came down to in my mind. And the advice was, these people around you or whoever your friends are, like, fuck them. Fuck them. Honestly, these people don't last. And it's, dude, give this as much energy as what it needs right now. But don't worry about making any whimsical plans in the future that the girl who you're dating now is who you're going to marry or the fucking people that you're at school with, the people that you're going to start a business with or that you're going to be best friends forever, any of that. Dude, just be fucking stoked that you've got a friend today. Just really embrace that today. And then when I thought about it, if they told me that, it would still make sense. It would still make sense. Not the, not the you know, like I have very every intention of fucking spending forever with Larissa. Like she's going to be the mother of my children. That's how it is. But everything else in that, like my friends right now, the thing that I learn as an adult is, yes, you're going to have those few friends that do hold on your whole life and you put in as much effort into them as they put into you. But the majority of people are just going to fuck you. They're just going to take from you. They're just going to literally hang on for as long as they can until it's inconvenient for them And then as soon as you let go of them, they're going to let go of you too. Simple as that. And look, I say this in full knowledge, knowing that at least one of the dozens of people that I've let go in my life, that I've actively chosen to let go of, I know there's at least one of them watching every single one of these podcasts trying to keep up with what's going on. Okay? And that's fine. That's all good. But the reality is, they let go. They let go. And a lot of times... 
when you have these situations where you've got to let someone go, where you realize like, hey, I've come to a fucking point. I remember one particular friend, I was in my kitchen. I'd had one of those moments where you're crying so hard where it doesn't matter wherever you are, you just drop literally down to the floor and you get into a little ball and you just fucking sob as if your mum just took away your favorite toy, right? You sob. I remember having that moment and just thinking like, this person doesn't even know that they're doing this to me and they're meant to be my best friend. They're meant to be my best friend and I'm in my kitchen crying right now. And if I told them about that, it wouldn't change a single fucking thing. Not a thing. And I had to walk away from them. And you know what the reality was when I walked away from them? There was no message asking what happened. There was no like, hey man, I haven't heard from you in so long. What's going on? It had to go like six months, six months before they're like, hey, like whatever happened between us, bro, like what do you? Would you just break up with your girlfriend? Would you just fucking run out of people to message and you're going back through your fucking friend list and go, oh, there's one. Why the fuck now? Why the fuck now? My friends, I check in with them once a week. And you know what? If I know there's something going on going on in their life, I check in on them if I have to every fucking day. You know why? Because beyond black ink, beyond making an income, beyond having motorbikes, beyond getting tattoos and all the rest, that's the fuck this is about. That's what this is all about. That's what it comes down to. You make money to buy shit to impress people, right? Those people should be your friends. You have a nice house, so when you come over, they say, oh, this is a beautiful house. What a beautiful meal. What a beautiful wife you have. What a beautiful child. That's meant to be your friend saying that to you. And when you die, the people that all show up, they're meant to be your fucking friends, right? And right now, we're in the middle of it. We're in the middle of all the shit happening. This is the real life. These are the golden days you're going to look back on. And the fucking crazy part is, is most people don't do that. Most people don't reach out and say, hey man, I haven't spoken to you in four days and a lot can happen in four days. How are you doing? And I know that's the case because some of my friends forget that when I call them, I'm not calling them to ask them for something. I'm calling them to make sure that they're happy. I'm calling them to make sure that they still remember what my voice sounds like and I still remember what their voice sounds like. And I give a fuck if it lasts for 30 seconds or 30 minutes. Bro, let's just touch base. That's what this is about, right? So those kids, when I watch them walking up that hill, I think the thing that I used to do, as much as like I explained that I was kind of yearning for that choice in who I could be friends with, at the same time, I know that I took that choice and I gave it so much meaning. I gave it so much value that I got so fucking heartbroken when those people didn't want to be friends with me anymore. And it took losing friend after friend after friend and all these different situations and all these different catalysts that caused these people going out of my life to realize that... The reason you're heartbroken is because you put so much value into this, you know? And I think this is this is such a conflicting part for me in general because I don't know whether that I'm the problem, whether I give too much to my friendships or whether everyone else is the problem and I'm meant to continue being compassionate and empathetic and generous when it comes to my friends, right? I mean, so much so that there are people that are coming to my life this year with black ink and I mean, you're going to know exactly who you are as I say this, but I get genuinely fucking scared that these people who have entered my life and I feel a beautiful friendship growing, I verbally said to Larissa saying, I'm scared to be friends with this person because I'm scared they're going to break my heart. I'm scared there's going to become a time when I'm not going to have anything of interest left for them and they're just going to stop caring, which comes to a point that causes a situation that makes me realize it and then I have to leave and feel like I'm the bad person. I don't want that to happen. 
I don't want this person that I have love for, that I have time and energy for, that I want to invest in. I don't want to be fucking broken by that person. I've had that too many times with people in my life. I've had to walk away from someone this year just through pure fucking negligence and arrogance over a situation, something that could have been fixed with a conversation, but simply wasn't, you know? It's fucking, it, it's a real wrenching situation because the thing is, I feel like we all know that guy who sits at the pub by himself drinking a beer that you try and go and over there, how you going, mate? And he goes, <clears throat> you know why? Because he's been fucked over. And you know what? He may have only given it one shot at being nice and had it thrown back at his face, but sometimes that's all it takes. Is having it thrown back at you just once. And shit, I've had it thrown back at me fucking a dozen times and I still try to be good. I still try to be generous, but I fucking understand those who don't want to be anymore. I understand how you can be a tired, grumpy, salty old person who's just been hurt and hurt and hurt and only sees the fucking negative in people because that's all you've experienced up until now. What a fucking weird, you know, relatable, true thing that you can't argue if someone puts it out in front of you. So I ask, what's a friend to you? What do you expect out of someone? Maybe you expect nothing at all. Maybe that's the secret. You know what I mean? Maybe having very surface level uh, relationships and these acquaintances in your life is the answer and never searching for anything too deep from people unless they're the person that you sleep with. You know, maybe that's the answer. I don't know. I just feel like, you know, sometimes the situation doesn't even call sometimes uh, what am I trying to say sometimes the situation that is the catalyst that leads you not talking to someone is no one's fault you just caught between you know there's this fucking there's this person in my life and dude it, it, it like I, I yeah yeah this person is someone that I think about every day every day now that I've got a business for myself, this is someone who encouraged me to start doing things for myself as early as fucking possible. The same way that I do to anyone young in my life that I see showing any promise, I just say, fuck having a normal job. Fuck spending your money on anything you think you should be spending it on. Just invest everything you earn and start a business and let it fail. And whatever it fails at, don't repeat that. Go start another business and do it again. I'm not saying fail, you know what I'm saying? I'm saying if you fail, learn from your mistakes and move on. But this person saw that potential in me from day dot. It was amazing. He was first my manager when I got like my second or third job. And he straight away identified that there was something within me that separated me from everyone else. And I remember he would pull me aside and being like, this is fucking what you're doing right now is bullshit. You're better than this. What you're going to turn into is heaps better than this right now. So you got to work through whatever the fuck this is. And I remember there was one time, so much so, I remember I'd been working there for a couple of years and he had really put me on a pedestal in our minds. He, he had explained to me like, I don't talk to anyone else the same way I talk to you. And if the truth be told, I'm trying to do everything I can now to get you into a position where you can do my job because I think you're capable of doing that. And I remember saying like, I was in tears, we're up in the storeroom and I'm saying, yeah, but, 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 but. And he goes, hey man, whatever the fuck is happening right now, I don't care about you shouldn't care about it either. This is nothing. You need to move forward. And at the time, I thought it was, I, I didn't understand why he was doing that to me. I thought it was the meanest thing ever. And now that I look back and it, it's one of the most fucking transformative moments of my entire teenage life because he was being real with me because he gave me the sauce. He didn't give me the plate. He didn't give me the meat. He didn't give me the cutlery. He gave me the fucking sauce, right? And anyone who knows, it's not the meal that fucking changes your life. It's a sauce that goes on top. Man, 
from there, I remember when my parents split, he had a space in his fucking kit, in, in his Christmas table for me because he knew that I didn't, I had explained to him like fucking Christmas is fucked now because I don't, I don't have, you know, oh, Christmas was always fucked for me. It was always traveling to the other side of the country and spending the whole day driving around, rah, rah, rah. And then when it came to like, if we were having it in Bunbury for whatever reason, it was still just a head fuck. I've never had a good Christmas experience up until that point. And I remember telling that to him and on the morning of Christmas he messaged me and said hey man we've got food we've got a seat for you we want you to come around come around and do it and I went there and I was uncomfortable as hell I didn't have a good time but the point is he fucking he called me he called me you know what I mean he did the thing that I do for people he called me and said hey man I don't know what the fuck's going on come around come around you know he showed me some love and I went around there and he fucking showed me love and you know for you know it was fucking crazy because at the time i couldn't really appreciate what he was doing with it because he kind of went from job to job to job and every job that he had were quite significant interesting unique jobs that did take education and experience and all the rest but i now see what he was doing was going from kind of industry to industry to industry but using these same contact points if that's the right word, and referencing them all together to build this amazing resume of like very specific experience, but is all super usable in a heap of different industries. And then, you know, top that with, he's got a fucking stupid amount of education that he's done vocationally in his own time, which I think he's only recently just finished that now allows him to do even more. And he would see me from time to time. And I mean, he, I, I remember he, like, get this. I remember one time we caught up and we caught up at the plaza before the plaza had all of its renovations. This is how long ago it was. So I remember him telling me two things, right? He showed me, he goes, hey, have you seen this? This is Alibaba, right? This is every product in the world that is non-perishable is on this website. And he's showing me on his phone. He goes, look, man, you want a, do you want a dildo? Look, there's all the different shapes, all the different colors, all the different manufacturers, all the different sizes and prices and all the rest. You want, what do you want? You want socks? Okay, here's socks, okay? What do you want? You want fucking tape measures? Right, tape measures. And then all of these places, they can all put your logo on it, they can all rah, rah, rah. He showed me that like before Alibaba was a fucking thing. He showed me Alibaba before AliExpress existed, right? And it was one of those things where I kind of, yeah, I had some smart friends at the time and they had told me about it and you know, it is what it is. But it wasn't necessarily, he showed me that. And then I remember he showed me, he goes like, I don't know whether it was Instagram or Facebook, or whatever it was. Oh no, he showed me then, I think it was the equivalent of like Big Cartel. It was like this place that you could host a shop, a, you know, like a, a web store from. You could, put, you could get items directly from Alibaba and post them onto this store and mark up a price. It was essentially what dropshipping is now. It was way back then, this is years ago before there was any mentors on YouTube making crazy videos on how to become a millionaire overnight using dropshipping. This was before all of that. And he literally showed me while we sat there, him building a business, getting fucking, uh, it, for him it was socks, getting socks made, showing me how he found people to promote them for him and to get real life like videos and pictures of people wearing these socks that he could use for advertising and then explain to use them on social media and to run everything through this shop and essentially not once ever touch a pair of socks but start making money from the day that he sold a pair. He showed me that way before anything and I remember the second really interesting piece of information that he told me that day was lists. Business is your ability to create lists. 
If you can create lists, then you can market your products to those lists and you can make money, right? So your Instagram following is a list. Your subscribers on YouTube is a list. Your email subscribers that sign up to your website, that is a list. Everything that you can think of where there is a group of names, a group of email addresses, a group of phone numbers, anything is a list and that list can be monetized, right? And the reason I think about him every day is because I think that lists are money every day. I have that statement go through my head every fucking day. Lists are money. And that, you know, leads on to me thinking about him and then thinking about... Anyway, without getting too into... I mean, and this is the thing. If you know me, and especially if you are this person, you know who you are. If if you know me, you probably know who this person is. But I don't want to... I don't want to I don't want to throw him under the bus with how the story ends. I'm not going to say who it is. But we, I mean, we went on to spend, it was weird. It was weird. I always felt uncomfortable around his family, but I always felt super comfortable around him. And when I say uncomfortable around his family, I mean like his wife and later on his kid. And he, but the thing is, he always had this kind of like, it was us. You know what I mean? It was, he gave me this feeling of like, it wasn't just a friendship. It was like a bond. It's like, it doesn't matter what happens. You got me. And I remember one time he called me up and he was like, Hey man, I need you to come around to my house. So I went around to his house and as it turns out, he got himself in a bit of a fucking, uh, situation, I guess you could say with like another person who was upset, rah, rah, rah. They had done some fucking property damage and they needed to be some recall, you know, for the sake of entertainment purposes, this podcast is completely for the sake of entertainment purposes. None of this really happened. I'm just making up a story as I go. But basically what happened was he had had, had something happen to his house and wanted to know the best way to deal with it to make sure that it didn't happen again. And we were anticipating that should the police get involved that it was probably going to happen again or maybe even in a different way where, you know, this person might take some malicious action against him or his family. So basically I helped him, I helped him out as best as I could with that and continued on to, you know, we, 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 we saw each other all the time. I think I was even his, like, because I got my training and assessing certificate super early, I was also his assessor for a lot of things that he was doing in uni, which is just a case of doing these assessments where I would get all the documents printed out. I'd watch him for an hour, make sure that he wasn't cheating or doing anything wrong, and then take those documents and then send them to the people who were going to mark them or whatever. So, you know, like we had this really cool backwards and forwards thing. And it actually like he ended up moving country for his job. And such an interesting situation because I remember like I was, I would talk to him every now and then and he kind of touched base and like, interestingly enough, he was a person who like really encouraged me to do OnlyFans. He's like, just so I understand this, you've got a mate who does OnlyFans who already has a list generated that you can piggyback off. You look like you, you're covered in tattoos, you always stay reasonably fit. I'm, I'm guessing you got a piece in you because you're six foot four. And on top of all that, you're not shy in front of a camera and you have no dependency. You don't have, you know, you don't have kids or any, or, or, or whatever it might be, or any reason that you wouldn't do this. And your partner is behind you as well. There is no reason why you shouldn't start taking dick pics and posting them online to earn money. You know why? Because at the end of the day, the difference between making heaps of money on that and not making heaps of money on that is not having to go to work and having to go to work. And it's funny. It's funny because at the time I still didn't understand what he was saying, but now I completely 100% understand what you're saying. It's the same thing as fuck your friends in high school. That shit doesn't matter. You know what does matter? is you being happy. It's you being 
fucking comfortable in your life. I have not been more comfortable than what I am right now because I wake up every day and I still have to go to work. I still have to sit at my table. I still have to open my laptop and open my diary and I still have to set goals and I still have to achieve them. But the point is I'm doing it for me, right? And if the choice is driving a truck or taking dick pics for strangers, I pick taking dick pics for strangers every fucking day. Every day. And he taught me that. He taught me that. When he moved to another country, he'd only been there for, fuck, it might have been like three or four months, whatever it was. He was away from his family. So it was, it was, you know, he's there by himself. And when I went over there, I figured out he wasn't, it's not like he was doing great. He was literally fucking, you know what I mean? It's not that he wasn't, wasn't doing great. He was living well under his means. You know what I mean? Like he was, he might've been making enough money to, to live wherever he wanted to live, but he was living in such a small jammed apartment. Like I remember being like, holy fuck, there is literally nowhere for me to sleep if I was going to sleep here. I ended up getting an Airbnb. And as it turns out, he ended up spending a lot of time at the Airbnb with me. But the thing, something happened. No, 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 no. We had heaps of fun. And then without getting too into it, apparently I fucking told someone when I came back that he had two or three phones on the go and he was messaging other girls and all the rest. And as it just turns out, people are just fucking cunts, you know? Because why would I lie about that? Because why would I say that about one of my fucking, not even one of my good friends, but about one of my mentors, about someone that I respect so much because they individually saw me in a group of workers and established that I wasn't just a worker, that I was a fucking leader, that I was someone who could be more than that. And then literally groomed me from the moment there to the moment that this all happened in any way that he possibly could, only giving me the things that I need to help me on this journey, whatever this journey is and wherever I'm pointed, but helping me progress. Why the fuck would I say something about that to someone where it could affect his life in a negative way? What doesn't even fucking make sense, right? And consequently, it's one of those situations where if, I, if we do clear it up, then the heat comes off me and it goes to someone else and it creates a bigger problem. And if we even start to engage in that conversation, then that suggests that I might be not in the wrong, which suggests that this other person... So we're, we're, at a, we're at a checkmate, we're at a gridlock, we can't do anything about it. And the part about all of this is, is my heart is fucking broken because someone who saw that potential in me possibly thinks that I said something malicious against them. And I would hate for them to think that I spent all of this time putting them up on a pedestal just to rip them down and I could feel good about it. And that's the problem. Like, I don't know what story he runs in his mind. Fuck, I don't even know what the point of telling you this story was, but I'm telling you, right? I, I don't know what story he tells himself. I don't know if he knows deep down that I wasn't the one who lied here, that it was someone else caught in the fucking, in the process. You know, I don't know if he thinks, I don't even know if he watches deep down the shit that I'm doing and keeping up with the whole thing just to, just to know that he had his foot in the pie of what turned out to be something fucking brilliant. And I hope he does. I hope you hear this, man. I miss you. I love you. But I've just got to live heartbroken. I've got to live, you know, whatever that feeling is that I have of connection with him, I've got to steer that to be progressive. That's got to be my fuel to continue doing the things that he taught me to keep kicking goals, to keep hitting these milestones so that when he finds out that I've done it, he can be proud as well. Man, what the fuck is a friend? That's someone that was so close and so meaningful to me that even now he might believe that I'm not the person that I am, but I still do things to impress him. 
What the fuck is a friend? Man, yesterday I went out and did fucking wheelies and burnouts and all this shit with a good good group of friends here in Bunbury. And there's something about like pulling something off for the first time on a motorbike that you've never done before and just having your mates going like, that's fucking sick. It's not that they celebrated you doing it. It's that they're paying enough attention to know that that's something significant to you. They know that you didn't do that the last time you were out here. They've never seen you do that before. And now they're seeing you do it for the first time. They're like, holy fuck, look at Jake. He's doing he's doing a fucking no-hander. He's doing a no-hander, right? That's what friendship is. Isn't that a nice feeling? Isn't that fucking brilliant? Man, sometimes I feel like everyone's too busy trying... Oh, fuck's sake, we got a 20% low battery because your boy goes hard in the mornings. I think we all fucking... We've invested too much time understanding how to get friends online and how to perfect our digital, uh, you know, emoji or character or whatever you want to call it. We've spent too much time getting that honed in and not enough time remembering what the fuck this all started out as. I feel like we're a bit lost. Even if you're like, I like to think that one of my skill sets is being a good friend in today's day and age. It's being compassionate and, and all those other things, you know, empathetic and caring and generous. But... I'm not saying that it's lost in today's day and age. I just ask the question, what is a friend to people? What is a friend? Man, I've repeated myself too much. I'll tell you what I am going to do though. See this shirt right here? This is a one-off shirt, okay? So this is a Comfort Colors tee with one of my prints put on the front and a crispy white. It's got a print on the back as well. I have a whole collection of tees that are one-offs. I did them as an experiment. I did them as a fucking trial and error, just seeing how they're going to turn out. And look, I'm going to launch a sale later on this week, selling all of these one-offs. They're going to be reason. They're going to be bullshit cheap because your boy's fucking broke and I need to put fuel on my car. Okay, so I'm going to be selling these at a reasonable price. If you have any, like, if you see something and you want it, just fucking get it. But if you see something and you have an idea about something else that you might like, I'm not saying that I'll definitely make it, but share it with me and let me make you something unique. Okay, because I'm just in the fucking game of trying to get better at screen printing. I'm trying to understand this whole process. I've got a reasonably good understanding of it. So I just want to keep progressing and moving forward. So if you have a good idea, let me know and we can do something with it. Otherwise, keep your eyes peeled because that's going to be on Instagram. It's probably going to be like Thursday morning. I was meant to do it this morning. It takes too long to explain why it has to be Thursday morning if it wasn't this morning, but it's going to be going to be Thursday morning, I'm guessing. So make sure you keep your eyes peeled for that. Now, another another point of business was the fucking trademark tee. God damn it, bro. We're finally there. So this print, which you're familiar with by now, hopefully, and the print that's on the back, which is the same thing in a circle. Oh, just turn around. That, right? That is officially going to be released next week. My advertising campaigns start tonight at midnight. And I'm going to run through to the, rent, uh, to the end of the week. And then this shirt, which is this print on a black shirt, is going live next Monday. So if you're excited for the new tea release, it's going to be that. If you're excited for the new hockey jersey releases, that's going to be later next week. I'm going to be sharing how and uh, where you'll be able to get your hands on those. And I'm still also just starting to really piece all of this shit together and build a caption and get my things into shops. And I'm still in the brainstorming phase of what shops Black Ink would belong in. So if you have any inspiration, ideas, or thoughts, or suggestions, please send them my way. But until then, be good to your mom, because I'm fucking out. Yeah!